The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is supported by Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. I'm Emma Donahue, and this is the 10-Minute Writers' Workshop. And I'm executive producer Maureen McMurray stepping in for Virginia Prescott today. She is out sick this week. Irish author Emma Donahue may be best known for Room, her novel written in the voice of a young boy confined with his mother in a single room. It was nominated for a Man Booker Prize and made into an Oscar-winning film for which she wrote the screenplay. Her most recent novel is The Wonder. It's about a fasting girl in 1850s Ireland. Virginia spoke with her from our studios and asked her, which is hardest to write? the first sentence or the last? Neither. It's one of those sentences in the middle. I find beginnings and endings both great fun, but often there's a little bit of a boggy patch somewhere in the middle of a project where (laughs) you can't skip it, but it's not the most exciting. How do you know when you're done? It never really feels done. It's just that by the time you've gone through the copy editor's queries and then the proofreader's queries and then perhaps the second or third pass proofreader, you're simply so sick of it at that point that even though you know you could make it better if you waited, you couldn't care less at that point. You just post it away. How do you know then when it's time to pass it off to that editor? I don't know. I always see it as a series of drafts and responses. It's like waves going back and forward on a beach. So it's it's rarely about being finished. It's just a feeling that I've got it as, as far as I can and that I need the editor's input. I'm curious about that going back to something because your novel, Room, was adapted into an Oscar-winning film. Frog music is being made into a film. And you wrote the screenplay for both. So what was that like, revisiting and adapting your own work for film? It's great fun because the different medium has different tricks that it can do and it has different limitations as well. In a film, it's much harder to show what people are thinking, but it's much faster and easier to show visual information. Plots tend to move more quickly in a film, but you can't cover as much. So almost everything about them is different because of the medium. And that's an an enormously pleasurable challenge to, to tell a story all over again, trying to play to the strengths of the new medium. Has it changed the way you write it all? You know, when you're writing a novel, do you think a little more visually? You know, it's funny. People only ask this about film. Everybody assumes that film is such a thrilling thing to reach that you'll then write everything filmically. No, I've always worked in different genres. And, you know, I like my plays to be plays and my films to be films and my books to be books. You mean you can help yourself from imagining which actor or actress is going to be playing somebody? I don't do any of that fantasizing until the book is finished. I like the books to come first for me because you get to go very in-depth on what the characters are thinking. I'm not trying to produce a sort of halfway book and film. I prefer to really, you know, explore the strengths of a novel and then say to yourself afterwards, could this possibly work on film as well? How much plotting or planning are you doing before you even write? Or does the original idea or characters or plot change more through the process I'm a huge plotter and planner because I don't think plot comes naturally to me. So I've had to painfully acquire these skills. I need to plot out what's going to happen in every chapter, in every scene even, um, and from whose point of view it'll be seen and exactly what new revelations the reader will get at each point. Um, I find without explicitly planning that stuff, my my books would be uh, 
baggy messes. But of course you allow yourself to deviate, in particular when two of my characters start talking to each other. There's often a spark between them of either flirting or hostility or something going on subtextually. I accept that kind of, uh, you know, last minute suggestion from my characters as I'm going along. I don't, you know, tap my plans and say we must stick to this. Basically the books end up the way I plan them and I would consider all that planning part of the writing. And there have been some very strong female characters in your books, you know, facing unusual stressors, we'll say it like that. Stranger than I've ever had to deal with. Then where do you get that from? Are there real people behind your characters watching people go through distress? Sometimes I'm inspired by real people, yes. Like my last novel, Frog Music, was about a very real young woman who got shot dead through a window in 1876. I draw on qualities in my friends or things I've seen people live through. Even my historical fiction would often contain things I've seen nowadays. Um, And my contemporary fiction, again, would draw on people from the past. It's, It's always a real mixture of sources. But certainly I try to start with a very meaty, dramatic situation and then sort of deduce the character, like... In Room, for instance, you know, I I knew that this mother was going to be able to get her kid out. And I thought, okay, what strengths would you need to to make a childhood livable and in many ways fun and magical under those terrible circumstances of a locked door? Therefore, what qualities would man need to have? So how do you get there? Is there a sort of ritual? You just sit down, you're there, you open it up, type? I couldn't care less where I am. I've written my books. Occasionally sitting cross-legged on somebody's lawn while I wait for my kids to come out of summer camp. I've written on benches, in cafes, planes, trains, automobiles, quite a lot on my treadmill desk at home. But I'm not attached to any one place because really I'm not there. You know, that's just my body. My mind is in my laptop, as it were. So I really couldn't care less myself where I am. So how do you get there? Is there a sort of ritual? You just sit down, you're there, you open it up, type? I get my kids out of the house. I flip open the laptop. I'm there. I'm so happy to have the undisturbed time. That's the great thing about motherhood. (laughs) It divides your life into the time that you're on call and the time you have to yourself. So it makes work into a real pleasure. Okay, so besides becoming a mother, any other advice? (laughs) Any other advice that you want to give to somebody who's just starting out as a writer? You know, maybe a mistake that you made or, or, or an encouragement that came from your own experience. I used to think that publishers knew what would sell. When I wrote my uh, fourth book, my first historical novel called Slammerkin, and my publishers at the time dumped me rapidly, no negotiation possible. I thought for a moment that they were right and that the book would never sell. And then it sold much better than my previous ones had. So I thought, aha, they have no idea. It's all guesswork. Just you write the book you want to write. And if you write it with enough passion and enough skill, maybe other people will want to read it too. What's the sort of worst thing or worst piece of advice you ever got about writing? Oh, yeah. I find the line, write what you know, extremely unhelpful. I mean, maybe it could squeeze a good, authentic first novel out of somebody based on their own life experience and whatever summer job they had at 14. But then they, they've used up their material, you know. I think, in fact, um, writing what you can dare to research and imagine is a far better line to live by. Is there a book or a work that made you want to be a writer? Yes, actually, Jeanette Winterson's novel, The Passion. Oh, God, I'm so with you, except I have none of your talent for writing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't write like her, but the novel didn't, didn't make me want to write like her, just made me really want to write. There's so much I remember from that book. How about, is there a desert island book, you know, that you really want on your nightstand or what's on your nightstand now? For my desert island, I would bring Emily Dickinson's complete poems. You know, it's not off-puttingly dry or anything. They're very enjoyable, but you would also keep puzzling over what they mean for probably as long as your life on the desert island would last. Well, Emma Donahue, thank you so much for speaking with us. My pleasure. That's Virginia Prescott there speaking with Emma Donahue, author of Room, Frog Music, and most recently, The Wonder. 
The 10-Minute Writer's Workshop is a production of NHPR, produced by Sarah Plurd with help from me, Maureen McMurray. And we've been on the hunt for a great writer working in advertising. Maybe you have a suggestion for us. If so, you can find us on Facebook and at 10 Minute Writers. That's the number 10 on Twitter. Music this week came to us from Poddington Bear, and our ad music is by David Seste. You can hear more quick bits of encouragement from Kelly Link, Joe Hill, Megan Abbott, and other seasoned writers when you subscribe to the 10 Minute Writers Workshop on iTunes or Google Play. And if you like the podcast, please flex those writing muscles and leave us a clever review on iTunes. Until next time, this has been the 10 Minute Writers Workshop. <laughs>